Hello and welcome to episode 23 of the Conservatarian Podcast. This is your host, CJ Westfall. Thanks for joining the show today. Today is May the 1st. Uh, we saw all the Justin Timberlake memes last night. The it's going to be May. Every year we're going to get those Justin Timberlake memes. I, I think for the next 100 years we'll get those Justin Timberlake memes at the end of April. But here we are on May 1st. We have a very special guest today, Melissa Kucher, who I met through the Charleston Libertarian Party. She is running for State House seat 114 as a Libertarian. Um, we're going to talk to her about her race today. Melissa, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Um, we, we worked around the schedule. We're doing it at nighttime. How are you doing this late evening? I'm doing good. All the kids are in bed. <laughs> I was so literally I just about to ask that. <laughs> so got them all in bed in time to do the interview. Perfect. I heard you had like swim practice today. Oh, the swim class is all done. Nice. So, nice. A bit more time. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, cool. Well... Melissa, you are a mom, and that's probably why you care about your community so much. I've, I've seen you at all the Libertarian Party meetings that I've been at, and um, is that what kind of fuels your, um, your thirst to help the community? Is it, is it making it a better, a better community for your kids? Yes, because I remember when I was little, you know, we could go anywhere. Everybody in the neighborhood knew everyone. And these days, it's just no one talks to each other. Everybody's suspicious. Everybody's, you know. True. Very you can't true. let your kids uh, play at the playground without getting arrested for neglect. So True. Very <laughs> it's true. It's a bad trend. Very true. I agree with you there. Well, I, I have to commend you for uh, being bold and putting yourself out there to, to um, put your name out there on the ballot. And um, you're running in 114, so this is going to affect people in West Ashley area um, and Ravenel area. Is there any other areas besides West Ashley and Ravenel that is in 114? Um, I don't believe so. Okay. Well, I do know a lot of people that listen to this show uh, do live in West Ashley, so we'll be talking to some voters tonight for sure, which is good. Um, now, I kind of want to know, what is it... I mean, if there was one big reason or if there was one big moment or uh, what is it that made you want to run in the first place? Um, well, I've been I've been thinking about running for something because I'm sick of complaining about everything sure. and yelling at the radio every day. I want to actually <laughs> do something <laughs> and uh, affect change. And when it was pointed out that the incumbent, uh, Sandy or Lynn Bennett, sorry, mm -hmm. was running unopposed, I thought, okay, no, we have to have a choice. Oh, yeah. So I will step up to the plate and throw my name in. That's awesome. That's awesome. So um, I, I hear you. I'm definitely one of those people that yells at the radio every day, too. <laughs> one time um, I called Sean Hannity, and I actually got through. And oh, my God. I, I have it recorded somewhere. I'll have to share it with you guys, but... Basically, I was just like, can you stop like riding on Donald Trump so hard every day and just hold him accountable on substance for once? Like, come on, man. <laughs> and it was it was very interesting. They, they, they cut me off, needless to say, but it's legendary uh, in my book. Yeah. So, okay. So Lynn Bennett, she was running unopposed. You're going to hold her feet to the fire. You're going to hold her accountable in this election. Um, I'm very happy to hear that. Uh, because there's been a lot of bills, there's been a lot of these Republicans up in the state house that have been voting to raise our taxes, that have been voting to, uh, they've been voting against the Second Amendment. Um, they just have been going up there and just 
you know, saying one thing in the campaign trail and doing another thing. So it's good to see somebody run, you know, running against her to to keep her accountable at least. You know what I'm saying? Um, well, what's your yeah. what's your strategy to to kind of um, to to ruffle her feathers? Uh, have you met her or? Um, I have ha- not. I follow her on Facebook. <laughs> okay. So I get all the updates, but I've never met her. No. She probably knows that you follow her. <laughs> um, what is your <laughs> strategy? She probably does. Uh, do you have like a, a a ground game strategy as far as um, getting out there and um, hitting doors, or uh, that's yep. always a grueling tactic? But uh, what's your kind of strategy <laughs> right now on the ground? Um, yeah, we're gonna take the kids and we're gonna walk <laughs> Heck door yeah. to door to door to door. That's awesome. That's awesome. Nice. And I think that's the best way to do it is just to meet people face to face. Awesome. That's awesome. Bringing the kids with you definitely humanizes you. Um, well, how would you say specifically you would differentiate yourself from her on the issues and on the substance? What what issues would you kind of point to? Um, she's a Republican. Um, you're a libertarian. Um, you're going to be a little bit more free market. You're going to be a little bit more better on social issues. Is there any one or two things that you would uh, differentiate yourself if you're talking to somebody who is a Lynn Bennett voter? Um, well, I am definitely for getting rid of that horrific gas tax and fixing the DMV, make it smaller, make it actually accountable to people and, you know, make it as small as possible so it's actually effective instead of just throwing more money at it. Oh, yeah. It's funny because whenever things are inefficient in the government, for whatever reason, they think that we need more government um, yes, just more money will fix everything. Yeah, just keep throwing money, keep raising taxes, keep extorting money from people who work hard, and and we'll just keep throwing money at the problem and hope that it gets fixed. I I cannot stand the DMV, specifically the West Ashley DMV, because that's the one I have to go well, to. Well, they're closing it. They, they are. Did you see that today? No, I did not. They are. They're closing the West Ashley DMV. Why is that? I have no idea. Well, that sounds like a jump for joy the breaking moment. Breaking news. Yeah, yes. that's breaking news on the Conservatarian podcast today. They're closing the terrible because I have to go and renew my my plates this month. It's in May, and good God, do I not want to go back? And I know the lady that's there too. She she like wants you to not have your paperwork right. Like she like. <laughs> she so, sent me home. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. She that. like sends you home and you got to go back. She's like the screener. Yes. Yes. Good God. <laughs> I yeah. had to send paperwork to Alaska. What? To get it signed. The person I bought my car from moved to Alaska after he sold me the car, and yeah. I needed his signature again. Good God. It's just complete <laughs> government of inefficiency. Is If anybody wants to know... And why I couldn't do it all online, I don't understand. Oh, my good God. Why I had to actually go. Well, there's no accountability there, and that's what I always tell people who don't understand libertarianism. I'm always like... If you don't understand how the government is inefficient, tell me what your experience was when you went and uh, renewed your plates last time or you went and bought a new car. Tell me what your experience was, and that is representative of the government bureaucracy that we have. Um, and, and I would say, you, you mentioned the gas tax. The South Carolina Department of Transportation is probably a bigger and bloated, more bureaucratic version of the DMV. And I would argue that that's, I mean, that's why we, we're we in the situation we are now with our roads, because we have so much freaking government going on there. Yeah, and they, they prioritize based on who's, you know, whose buddy wants a job. Oh, yeah. Building a road. 
Yeah, like specifically Hugh Leatherman's me. kin. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> ridiculous what we have in here in South Carolina. I've lived here for four years, and I've never seen so much corruption um, on the local level. Um, so, okay, well, let's get to um, what what issues that you are mo- most passionate about. Um, if you were elected tomorrow, and tomorrow was your first day, you, tomorrow, you were elected tomorrow, and tomorrow was your first day, what bills would you introduce, if any? Um, I mean, I know a lot of, like, junior House members don't get to, you know, they don't get to, to do too much, but let's pretend, for example, that that you you start tomorrow and you're a legislator, what bills would you introduce um, and why? Um, I'd like to get rid of the income tax. Ooh, I like There's that. lots of states that run perfectly fine without an income tax. Florida. They're Tennessee. one of them. Tennessee's it, one of it, them. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I, w- I would really like I to see, see that. I want to see Nevada, somewhere out west. <laughs> they okay. don't have one. Alaska doesn't have an income tax, I don't believe. Okay. I like it. I like it. I think the getting rid of the South Carolina income tax would would be awesome because the only people that we're really giving tax breaks for is all these corporate handouts that were given to Volvo and Boeing and you know I'm all for tax yes. breaks but whenever you know you're being you know corporatist about it crony capitalist it kind of kind of ruins it for the yeah, small give business. Everybody the same awesome deal. There you exactly <laughs> see that's lower taxes for everyone and you know everyone benefits. It makes a hell of a lot more sense to me. I'm a small business owner, and um, I'm I'm gonna have to pay a higher tax rate than Boeing does, and yep. they, you know, that I mean, that doesn't make much sense to me. I, I think that there should be a level playing field for sure. Um, so getting rid of the income tax, I I haven't heard that from any of the candidates I've talked to so far, and <laughs> I think that's that's a that's a damn good uh, endeavor right there. As libertarian as I can go. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I definitely like it. Okay. Well, um, a lot of uh, bills have been coming through the house lately, and I try to follow it. It's kind of hard, but I try to follow it. One of the main ones that's been uh, a topic of conversation is uh, the uh, the South Carolina Compassionate Care Act, the medicinal marijuana bill. Yes. Very moderate bill. Um, very understanding. I'm, I'm sure you know the lady that, that wrote the bill. Very sweet lady. And um, she tries to, you know, hear from Republicans and conservatives that have reservations about the bill. Um, if that was on your desk tomorrow, how would you vote? Yes. You'd vote I'm for, all it. for it. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. I always have to ask people about the medicinal marijuana Keep thing. Them I, <laughs> I, I don't know how you could be against that. Like, like I don't know. Like, I don't know how you can be against medicinal marijuana. I think it's like th- the people that are against it are... Like, and I don't mean to be ageist, but like they have to be just like sixty or seventy. Oh, yeah, it's a old. generational difference. Don't yeah. you think so? Yeah. Because all the Gen X people all seem to be in favor. I mean, whatever. I mean, I just there's so many people with epilepsy and so many people with pain and even veterans with PTSD. I mean, there's there's so many studies out there. Um, so cool. So Compassionate Care Act. That's a yes. Um, the, the, the other thing that's been, this one's kind of, this one's going to be a little bit more harder one, Melissa. Um, we've been seeing the solar panels and I'm, I'm sure if, you know, if you live in Charleston, you've had somebody knock on your door, begging you to, to buy solar panels from them. Um, Mm -hmm. basically there's a 3% cap on the people that are allowed to own solar panels. However, the weird thing about it is, okay, I want to see more consumer choice. I want to see more free market. I want to see people have more choices rather than SCE and G. 
but the the other the other side of that coin is is there's all these government subsidies that is funding 55% of the project. Um, I think it's 30%. Um, like for example, if you if you in the house that you own, if you went and purchased a $50,000 solar panel system, 30% of it would be paid for by the federal government in tax subsidies, and then uh, 25% of it would be paid for uh, by the state government. So I. I, I, I yeah, don't like I, the subsidies, <laughs> but I do want to see yeah. more of a free market. Um, so the, 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 the debate has been whether or not to uncap the 3%. Um, where do you kind of stand on the solar thing? Um, yeah, I would, I would like to uncap it. Um, I don't think the tax code should be used to try and modify, modify people's behavior. Right. Well, it leads to an inefficient <laughs> market. Yeah, yeah. Try stop trying to, um, you know, promote the products you think people should get. Let you know, let the market work for itself. If people want solar panels, and I would love to have solar panels on my house, <laughs> I have a huge electric bill. It would be so worth it. But <laughs> if people want to have solar panels, make them affordable enough that people who want them can afford them and they're a good investment. Right. And they're and just more not people buy them, the price will go down right. or someone will come up with something better. Right. And it'll be more cost effective and everybody will want that. Right. I agree with and they're just not cheap enough now. I I mean, have you looked at it for your house yet? Well, we rent right now. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> so that, I mean, I no, rent too, no hating. I like those uh the roof tiles that are solar panels. They need to figure out those yeah that was one of the tesla pretty, things yeah one of the tesla things yeah that was <laughs> those definitely look much nicer they do than the big panels i think it just kind of they they don't have the panel they can't they can't make the panels produce enough amount of power for the price that yep. we're looking for still so i think the free market needs to take a look at it and the people who have a monetary interest in it can invest the money into it um i definitely think that we'll agree here um, putting tariffs on China uh, for solar panels, I'm sure that's not something you, you support. Um, <laughs> so, uh, some of my Republican friends are supporting these tariffs, and they sound like Bernie Sanders to me. Um, how do you feel about tariffs on solar panels? I understand their, their feeling that it's not fair and we need to, to punish them. Like, we need to promote our country's industry but the way to do that is just make it easier to produce lower cost goods here and people won't want to buy them from china reduce the payroll taxes reduce the um minimum wage reduce the cost of uh, health insurance oh yeah so that uh companies can produce goods for less to meet the demand i i 100 agree with you there 100% agree with you there. I think that if we had a true free market, we'd, we'd see the price of solar panels come down. So cool. Uncap yep. it. Give give consumers more choice. Uh, but you're on the side of, the, of uh, the free market with the subsidies. Let it stand on its own. So that's awesome. Yep. Um, so what? how do you feel about constitutional carry? A lot of people get mad whenever you say, hey, we're the government and we're going to sell your rights back to you. Um, <laughs> and then there's the other crowd that says... Um, you know, you need all these, all these, um, you know, checks in place. And I agree with background checks and we have background checks. The people who talk about background yep. checks are the people who've never bought a gun before. Um, yeah. how do you feel about constitutional carry? Um, 
I'm for it. I like it. I grew up around guns. My whole family's hunters and have a healthy respect for for guns, but I don't I don't see a problem with it. Awesome. Awesome. So we got constitutional carry check. Taxes check. Medicinal marijuana check. Solar panels check. It sounds like you're definitely the superior candidate here. Um, <laughs> I definitely... Uh, go ahead. I'm all for getting government out of everybody's lives. Just, Good I God. just want to be left alone to live my life the way I want to live my life. I want to keep my money. I want to make decisions for my family. I don't, you know, government has a very limited role. And it's super overstepped its bounds. Can't agree enough there. And um, I, I feel like a lot of the problems that middle class families are having today um, are from government. You, you see the, the price of health insurance, for example, um, for like a family of four, a family of five. You're, you're dropping over a grand and you're choosing from uh, every month and you're choosing from one insurance really provider. <laughs> yeah, that we have. Le- yeah, the plan that you got is, a, you know, six thousand dollar deductible plan. And, yep. and a lot of people, I work in health insurance, they don't even realize what that means. Like, deductible is sixth out that you got to throw out before the government's going to step, or excuse me, for the insurance company, it's going to step in and help you. So a lot of people don't get that. Um, just more consumer choice, getting the government the hell out of our lives and letting us yep. breathe. Good God, it feels suffo- suffocated sometimes by it. Um, yeah, and, and if there's, you know, if there has to be laws and government oversight, the smaller unit you do it in, like if it's not something the federal government should do, maybe the state should do it. If it's if that's not, get it down to the state, uh, city level. You know, push it as far towards the people so that there's actual accountability. Because it, I keep trying to explain to people, you shouldn't have to worry about who the president is. They shouldn't have that much power. Yep. Yep, and it's funny because you you hear Democrats now talking about uh, states' rights uh, now that Donald Trump's president. Now that's the funniest damn thing you've been hearing that too, haven't you? Some funny. That's yeah, so that funny. Where are they? Where do they cut? They start talking about the Tenth Amendment. They start getting all constitutional on us. I'm like, where the hell has this been? Forgot that existed for eight years. So. <laughs> yeah, they did. So, is there any departments that? Your kids are in school, and everything you're saying is going to be... Because everything you're saying it makes sense to me as a libertarian, but it's going to be controversial to somebody else. But, like, things like the, you know, the Department of Education and um, things like that, um, is that... I mean, is that a... Is that a department you could you could see abolishing? Um, I, I see at the, at the federal level or at the state level, I, I see... Um, at the, at the federal and at the state level, a very, very small. Um, really, I think the, st- the State Department of Education should be more of a coordinator to talk to the local school districts and say, hey, what are you guys, what are you guys doing over here? Did that work? Yeah? Okay, I'm going to call this city over here and tell them what you're doing and exchange the good ideas, find out what's working and what's not, and have it be more of a resource for best practices instead of dictating what the school districts have to do. Oh, yeah. And, 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 if and, we and, spent less money on administrators and overheads, the teachers would have the money to buy the supplies and hire more teachers 
because no one knows how to run the school better than the people that work at the school. Oh, yeah. And letting them have the, the power to, to make decisions rather than being dictated to by the state or federal government. It, you know, yes. what you end up having is you, in the scenario that you just laid out, you end up having a bunch of little experiments going on in the yep. school districts and say Charleston County's experiment is sucking, but Dorchester County's is good. Um, we take a look and say, okay, what are they doing differently? Let's look at the best practices here. Let's use yep. those best practices and those ideas in, you know, but you can't, you don't get that when you have a tyrannical state and federal government that are dictating from a, you know, far off city in DC, what's best for our children. Communities know what's best for their children, the teachers yep. and yep. the principals, the educators, not bureaucrats. I mean, am, yeah, am I off base here? a school in, in downtown Charleston's different than a school out in Hampton. Right. And I mean, they have completely different demographics, different class sizes, different, you know, family makeup, different everything. It's just a completely different area. So you can't expect the same thing to work in both schools. You have to tailor it to the specifics of the school. I, I can't believe that what we're talking about is so controversial so controversial but it, it it makes a lot of sense whenever you say it so uh. okay in full disclosure I'm a, I'm a business business systems analyst okay so this is the stuff I think about all day long <laughs> how to make things how to how to make things run more efficiently how to slim slim down maximum communication minimum overhead good god we need you in state government holy cow <laughs> That's exactly That's what, what we need. Well, because I mean, they, you you know how these bureaucrats work. Like if 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 they spend their entire budget, then they get more, if not the same amount. Oh no no no! Get rid of baseline budgeting. That, ex, ex, you took it right oh. out of my mouth. Exactly. Well, this get isn't a very controversial platform, and I I wish you all the best of luck in door knocking, and I'll probably have to come out there and join you sometime um we are both going to the convention this saturday um for anybody who doesn't know there's the state nominating convention uh for the libertarian party there's a lot of libertarian candidates that are up to be nominated is that where your nomination is going to take place i actually don't know yes okay yes they're going to make me i'm assuming they're going to make me get up and say a few words and then they'll vote on if i get to represent the libertarians great well i'll have my fingers crossed for you melissa (laughs) they'll vote for you they'll vote for you <laughs> is there gonna be, is there gonna be anything controversial up there um i don't know what to expect this is my first state convention um not as far as i know we've had some some controversy uh before but i i don't expect any this time well let's hope nobody strips to their underwear and runs to the stage oh. right <laughs> we watched that live on uh, C what CN not CNN. That's whatever wherever they streamed whatever channel they streamed the Libertarian Convention in 2016. And you were watching it as we it watched that. Yeah, we watched that live on the internet. Oh my god. C-SPAN. I guess it must have been C-SPAN. Oh my gosh, Crimedy. Well, I really do. And my husband's been a Libertarian for 20 years, and he's looking. He's going, "What is he doing? <laughs> what? What is he doing?" Come on, guys. The one time everybody's watching. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. We had we had two candidates that had the we highest had unfavorability. Oh, my God. We've never had two candidates at once with such high unfavorability ratings. Like, opportunity of a lifetime. Maybe we'll get in again in 2020. Who knows? 
maybe we'll, maybe we'll convince the rock to run as a libertarian right i love the rock i love the rock too i feel like he's gonna Who doesn't be a, love the rock I he, mean. I, you can't not love the rock every movie he's in is good and i feel like he's gonna be a democrat though uh, that would make me not love the just, rock that's no that's that's just because <laughs> well melissa we got a hold of we could we could get him Oh my god, I feel like if we just sat in a room with him, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Talk some sense at him. Talk some sense at him. Well, Melissa, thank you for coming on the show today. Um, I appreciate you sharing your views. Is there anything else that you would like to add about the campaign or um, about your opponent or about the race in general? Um, no. I do have a Facebook page. Oh, please shout it out. Um, I don't understand. I don't know how they're formatted, but it's just vote Melissa one one four. So I don't know if it's facebook.com slash vote Melissa one one four. But I'm sure if you use that little search bar, <laughs> it'll show up. Awesome. Okay, vote Melissa one fourteen. Vote Melissa one fourteen. Yep. Whatever you type in, you will you will end up in the right place. Melissa Kucher, State House one fourteen. Let's get her in there, folks. Please share this on any of your Facebook and Twitter pages. Uh, thank you so much for joining us for episode twenty three of the Conservatarian Podcast. We'll be back for the show again tomorrow. Thanks again, Melissa, for joining us, and we will be back for you tomorrow. Have a wonderful rest of your night, guys. Bye bye.